I will do so. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome everyone. to Whiskey you Wednesdays. Huh? You will now do the announcements. I will now do the announcements. Do <laughs> uh, you stand for the national anthem? <laughs> stand up straight, chest out, shoulders back, finger up your nose. Uh, so, hello, and welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, a Fools and Flaggin' show where I, the DM, review and discuss various topics regarding D&D, as suggested by you and the lovely people in our Discord. Whiskey Wednesdays will be available the Wednesday after the live stream on our YouTube channel and in podcast form on iTunes, Spotify, and many other mainstream podcast services. Donations are never required, but always appreciated. If you would like to support us, please consider our coffee page. All proceeds from donations and memberships go straight back into making Fools and Flaggins an even better experience, and it keeps the podcast alive and well. So, with that quick little uh, detour of conversation, tonight's topic, uh, interestingly enough, came from an Instagram comment for where I post to social because I'm really bad with social media and I kind of hate Twitter and Facebook. So, Instagram. Anyway, got a comment from Lego underscore Spartan 99 saying, I don't know where to go to ask this question. I want to create Generator Rex as a character in a D&D campaign. I know Artificer, Fighter, and one other class are what I need. Does anyone have any pointers or ideas to help out? So, that's kind of where we're going to spend our time today. Yeah. So, for the uninitiated, who the fuck is Generator Rex? Right. So, the general premise behind Generator Rex is he's a bit of a mashup between, like, the cartoon Ben 10 and uh, the Mega Man games in a weird sort of way. So, essentially... A massive explosion at this science lab released a bunch of unrefined nanomachines into the atmosphere, basically covered the entirety of the world. Uh, the nanomachines are essentially everywhere, and occasionally they will super infect a person. They'll kind of go berserk and start murdering people, kind of like the Mavericks from Mega Man. Generator Re- or Rex, I don't remember his full name, um, <clears throat> he has nanomachines in him as well. He has amnesia, so he doesn't know anything about himself. He's like, I don't know why I'm here, but I know that I must kill. So, basically, he goes around thumping people until um, they're subdued enough that he is actually able to touch them and use his nanomachines to disable the bad nanomachines and return the person to normal. Uh, So, essentially, what he has is he has a bunch of... um, He's he's able to control the nanomachines in his body. So, he's able to make big robot fists... Uh, he can make uh, robot legs that let him jump and run real quick. He can sprout these little turbine things on his back to fly around. He can spawn a massive sword on his arm. At one point in the show, I think he's able to make a, a cannon out of his arm. Um, it only ran for like a season and a half, maybe two seasons. But the little monkey there in the, uh, the, the show poster was voiced by John DiMaggio, who I absolutely love. Totally forgot to start my music, by the way, if anyone wants to listen via the DS card. Uh, so yeah, that's the general premise behind the character. Um, and actually, let me post a picture in no mic so you guys can kind of get an idea of, uh, what he looks like. Uh, yeah. right. So, is he a robot? Or? No, he's a human that just has nanomachines inside of him, and he's able to basically reconfigure them any way he wants more or less 
come on, where's where's a decent photo? All right, because that makes total know. sense. I found this image earlier, and now it's just not showing up. Get stuffed. <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me very much like artificer, sorcery, like creating fucking nanobots. That would be fucking tits. What what did uh, what jumping off point did uh, the user provide again? Um, they said uh, I know artificer, fighter, and one other class are what I need. Does anyone have any pointers or ideas? So. I'm thinking just making a straight-up custom subclass would be... Yeah, like if you do like a sorcerer subclass or art artificer mm -hmm. subclass with like nanomachines, that'd be fucking cool. Honestly? Like especially with the new stuff that's coming out with Space Age shit, like that's... that's on the so I, I posted it in no mics there, Metal, so you can get an idea of it. Um, but honestly, I was thinking more a druid. Because the druids have wild really? shape. This would be like half and half with that so instead of going full wild shape you basically just go like shh, shh, monkey arms or you know for in, in place of the blade you've got a big old like mantis arm thing to slice people with increasing well, and then if, hmm? if you have them as a warforge then those limbs would look mechanical true a warforge druid yeah mm-hmm and I mean, if you're looking at the legs, you can give yourself like panther legs, cheetah legs, kangaroo legs. Transformers. The, the uh, turbines on his back. I mean, sprout some wings. The sword. I, mean, I already talked about the sword, but like the little scooter that he's got there, you just fucking oh. blah, 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 and you're like a centaur. You just haul ass. So. We, we may be going about it not quite how they were wanting, but I honestly think it would be a lot easier to make a custom subclass for this than trying to mash together two or three existing uh, classes. Because as soon as you start to multi-class, you lose out on stuff later on down the road. Yeah. Like, if you are a barbarian and you try to get, uh, like, a... Like what I was trying to do. I wanted to get three levels into Bard to get some magic spells and shit but in doing so i also kind of screwed myself over in the later game because i wouldn't have access to um like my last ability score which can be really really big for the barbarian it gives you like a massive health boost and um tankiness overall tankiness. i really hate to interrupt real quick before i have a customer zach said something and i think he's onto something <laughs> when he was joking about Transformers. I'm yeah. sure someone has done like a Transformers D&D. I wonder what they've done with like classes and stuff. So I would like, if you're interested, maybe look into just like Transformers D&D. That, that'll probably have some jumping off points as well if you needed inspiration. Uh, maybe. I was kind of just planning on powering through with the, the little amount of information we had at the moment. Wow, I, I'm, again, I'm yeah. just providing ideas for inspiration. True. Um, so with that in mind, uh, if we had to pick between Druid, Artificer, and Fighter, which do you guys think would be the one that we should try and tackle? Have they chose a race yet? I don't think so. How are we doing? Um, it depends. <clears throat> Artificer can fit the bill as well. Um, 
I mean, super futuristic. But artificial can fit it. If you like to go with, like, the animal theme, I do think the druid's not a bad idea either. I think... Um, yeah. Maybe, like, an artificer... It's either an artificer, a druid, a sorcerer, or a fighter for me. And it would be, like, some sort of subclass or a combination of two classes, you know? Yeah. But so you could technically do it, it just depends on like your imagination of this, because you could technically do it in a fighter, and there's nothing wrong with having like a Well, the other reason that fighter. I'm kind of trying to nail down a class that we on this particular show want to focus on is because depending on the class that you pick, their feature They're levels different are different. Yeah. Because like uh with the artificer, you get your first feature at third level but like when i was doing the custom one for kate with the sorcerer or with the wizard you get your first feature at two so you know depending on how this goes about so for the sorcerer it was second level sixth level tenth level fourteenth level looking at mm -hmm. artificer real quick it's third level seventh level tenth level eleventh fourteenth eighteenth and twentieth so they get a lot more feature levels apparently hmm. <laughs> well actually hold sorry, on. I sorry i wasn't <laughs> looking at the subclasses so the subclasses is third level um fifth level fifth ninth level 15th level so yeah it, it's it's just kind of depending on which one you go for it's all over the place and that level can honestly make or break a class because if it's later later on level like 15 and higher whatever we come up with would need to be a lot more impactful because that is late game, baby. But like with the wizard at 14th level, you want it to be strong. So it kind of carries on for the last six levels of the game, but you don't want it too powerful and break the game for the next couple levels for everyone else. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you know what? he's versatile. Fuck it. Pick one of every level. No kidding. <laughs> don't do that. That's terrible. Uh, another example, Druid. You get to pick your circle at second level. And so second level, sixth level, tenth level, and fourteenth level, just like the wizard. So yeah. Honestly. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking like some sort of So like his his ability is to control nanobots. That's purely from research and development. Like, it's not, like, some magical ability. What, no. Generator X? Yeah. No, he literally has nanomachines in his body, and he can control them. He basically but makes them build this shit That's over his body parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Artificer would be a good one. I'm not denying that. But I was also trying to look and see if we shouldn't go... I guess the other reason I was kind of looking at Druid is because it would be a little bit more... Sorry, I had a customer. Back to my other thought oh. before I fucking lose it. Um, before I fucking lose it. Right, okay, nanobots. Were, are they controlled by a magical nature or is it purely technology? Oh no, it's purely technology. I don't think the show lasted long enough to really explore okay, okay. how he okay, was I'm able okay. to. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, like a... Which which one between wizard and sorcerer are the ones that like gained it through study? Wizard. 
Yeah, I think oh. a, I think you're right. Then I think a, a wizard would be pretty apt for like a a subclass that might have features that control like nanobots and shit like that. That'd be pretty cool. So I think we've all kind of said that fighter is probably not the way to go. So we're looking at either druid, artificer, or a wizard. Yeah, they just bonk good. They just bonk good. Well, so <laughs> the other, I guess the other reason that I was kind of looking at druid or artificer, now, now that I'm really kind of looking at it again, um, a lot of Generator Rex's stuff is melee-based, and mm -hmm. wizards aren't exactly known for being tanks. Now, that's not to say that we can't give <laughs> them an ability to give them uh, tankiness, but... The memes of 1d4 <clears throat> chasing damage, killing them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, uh like unless unless you're dead set on like multi-classing, I I think I think fighter is pretty much off the table. Yeah. Uh, I'm still sticking as... with my guns as a druid. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, like if you use one of your abilities, you get maybe like a couple d6 temp health, or. or... I don't know. Something that can make druids a little bit tankier, a little bit more of a presence of threat in melee combat, you know? Well, let me... Um, uh, give me two seconds. I'm trying to find um, Wild Shape here. Class Features. Uh, wild shape. So, starting at second level, you can use your action to magically assume the shape of a beast that you have seen before. You can use this feature twice. You regain it on a long rest, short or long rest. Your druid level determines what beast you can transform into, as shown in the beast shapes table. Um, you can transform into any beast that has a challenge rating of a quarter or lower that doesn't have flying or swimming speed. You can stay in a beast shape, but number of hours equal to half your druid level rounded down. You then revert to your normal form unless you expand another use of the feature. You can revert to your normal form earlier by using a bonus action. You automatically revert if you fall unconscious, drop to zero hit points, or die. While you are transformed, your statistics are replaced by the statistics of the beast, but you retain your alignment, personality, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. So, with that being said, when they do this, depending on what they choose, they would get temporary health in the form of, basically, they get that creature's health pool. When they lose that, I believe they revert back. Right? Yes. Yes, because you revert right. if you fall unconscious or drop to zero hit points, which means you drop to zero hit points of the bear that you just turned into, and then you're just bog-standard average joe running around and that actually does kind of fit pretty well into the lore of generator rex that um uh let's see where did i have it so his durability he appears to have strength and durability that is beyond average humans on numerous occasions he has survived situations well beyond the capacity of normal humans like being thrown through a concrete wall being smashed through houses and buildings tanking explosions and much more 
Uh, and here, the, the machine manifestation, this kind of is what also makes me feel like he falls really in line with druids. Uh, he can shape his nanites into a variety of machinery. He uses these for offense, defense, and transportation. The weapons he forms out of his body can be destroyed, but he usually can reform them quickly afterward. Also, if he is exhausted, it takes more focus to maintain his weapons, otherwise they instantly disassemble. Which kind of, to me, falls in line very much with the, the limited wild shapes that a druid can partake in. It's true. <clears throat> so, with that being said, how do we make this a cool subclass to have that's not just, oh, well, I'm just a druid. Like, what, what is you, the benefit gonna... of taking this over any other druid circle? I think it'd be cool if you could find some way to, like, form a um, technology-based fey realm <laughs> that is basically, like, the origin of this druid circle. Well... I know it's a little far-fetched, but... No, no, no. I, I mean, like what Metal and... I, I can't remember if it was Metal or Zach that were saying it, but with the Spelljammer stuff, that's totally within the realm of possibility. So really? let me let me rephrase the question. Not thinking about it lore-wise, statistics-wise, and gameplay-wise, how do we make this an interesting class to play? Because we're essentially saying that instead of turning into a full-on bear, you're turning your arms into bear claws. Or... Look, um, okay, let me ask this then. Uh -huh. Is the guy trying to be a tank for his group? I, I don't know. Literally... Here, I can I can read you the conversation or the the thing again that we that we had with him. Um, says I don't know where to go to ask this question. I want to create Generator Rex as a character in a D and D campaign. I know Artificer Fighter and one other class are what I need. Does anyone have any pointers or ideas to help out? That is the extent of what I know. So, if, so if you make it more offensive, because, like, when you wild shift, you do become a tank, right? I'm guessing you get, like, a lot of extra health and stuff like that. Not necessarily. It depends on what you're changing into. So, as an example, if you were to um, wild shape into just a box tank, at second level, if you were to turn into a wolf, uh, it has 11 hit points. Once those 11 hit points are gone, you turn back into your regular druid self. When you get further on, like uh, when you're fourth level and you can turn into a crocodile, you have 19 hit points. When you can turn into a giant eagle at eighth level, you have 26 hit points. So it's all super dependent on what creature you turn into and what level you uh, are that allows you to turn into those. Well, the issue that you're going to run into is like I said, how to differentiate it from a basic wild form and or make it better or different. And Right. So, I suppose there's a few ways we can go about this. Because generally speaking, a druid can wild shape into a creature that they have seen so long as it is within their uh, CR range. Which, for those who aren't aware, CR is creature rating. So, if we consider what we can give and what we can take away, 
if we took away, say, um, how wild shaping gives you the full stats of a creature, what if we give them, because Generator Rex himself had a limited pool of things that he could turn into, what if that's the limitation? Like, you can only give yourself bear claws. You can only give yourself um, uh, crab claws. You can only give yourself a turtle shell for defense. Uh, you can only give yourself wings for flight. And we assign stats to that. Which, in that same sense, as since you can only transform twice into your wild shape at least starting out do we alter how many times you can turn into these things how are they enabled how are they disabled do they only last for a certain couple of rounds mm. and um. then in that same vein when a druid wild shapes unless you take a very specific circle you cannot cast spells so if we're looking at this in a sense of just going full melee, maybe fighter is the way to go. Instead of being a spellcaster as well. What if this is a fighter and it's just buffing your physical abilities? So you can still keep you can still make it a fighter, and you can still keep like a animal theme or a theme around it. What if Actually, I'm actually starting to think that fighter might be the way to go here. So, hear me out. Mm -hmm. What if we did make magic a little bit of a part of it? So, it was an item that allowed you to do this, almost. It was tied to you. Nobody could use it but you. But it had the ability to change its properties, going between blunt piercing, slashing weapons, or armor, depending on what you needed to do it to do Great. with it. For in, in the sense of a fighter doing it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not out of the realm that a fighter can have magic. I mean, you've got Eldritch Knight and Echo Knight and Psy Warrior. Well, sorry, I mean, the the means at which... Uh, so he would be... But I, I actually, I do kind of like your idea of maybe it's a magical, like, metal item, and that would explain the more metallic uh, yeah. features of the arms. Yeah. The, um... Like he wouldn't actually have magic, quote unquote. It would just <gasps> oh the way in which he would do it would be I'm a sorry. magical property item. What about a monk? Property. It would be the perfect use for their key, their key points. Yeah, but they have stuff very similar to that when it comes to like modifying their punches already. And like, yes, it makes well, but I mean, like at that point, you might as well just flavor text it. Well, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. I mean, like, I don't, I agree that it could definitely be a monk, but at that point, yeah, you why? Would just say, why would you not just be a regular monk? Yeah. Yeah. At that point, you're also kind of limiting yourself to punching. With, um, if, I could suck in if you make it a melee character, <laughs> like, for example, you're going up against something that blunt damage is better to. Well, whatever that thing is morphs itself into a hammer, a two handed hammer, a hammer, and a shield. Um, you're fighting something that slashing is more effective against it all of a sudden turns into a great sword i'm um, i'm liking the fighter idea more and more now i'm gonna be honest with you uh that's why i suggested it at first it's just because it seems that no, sometimes sometimes the dumber initial option <laughs> makes more sense 
big metal necklace go bonk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, oh, there's a fucking gnat in here. It's really pissing me off. Okay, so I, I actually really like your idea of uh, your, your class essentially having some sort of metal adornment that is what transforms into your weapons. I mean, anything from like an urn to a necklace where it all just kind of originates from. So uh, let's just say a metal adornment that transforms around your body. Necklace, bracers, belt. Ooh. Metal runes. Metal runes inscribed into your skin. Or, I mean, have you guys heard of the magical tattoos that they have in D&D? Yes, I have. That's also an option. Well, I was trying to look at something that would be metallic that is worn, and the magic makes that shift into the items versus it just being pure magic. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, uh, maybe it's just like a bracer that they wear that can have all yeah. of these extra armor pieces that just come out of it. Exactly. Necklace, bracers, belt. Like fucking Iron Man shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so then looking looking back at what Zach had said, um, a kind of like a, a weapon for every situation, basically. Yeah. Uh, hammer for blunt damage slash massive fists because again trying to keep this in the uh the realm of generator rex uh let me actually make that into a new line add bullet points um giant ass sword arm for slashing damage uh piercing what, what would be a cool thing for pierce <laughs> you guys remember in that age was. of ultron when uh when tony stark was in the hulkbuster and he was just holding his hand there and the fist was just punching yeah <laughs> what if it's just like this thing comes out of the wrist but it's a big ass pole arm and it just keeps going like <laughs> technically you can do it but the thing at this point is you can you can flavor it to be whatever you want true it's like as long as it makes sense to be a piercing weapon I'm just kind of trying to write down rough ideas for this. Um, uh, so piercing, yeah, polearm's not a bad idea. Um, daggers. Um, I didn't think about daggers. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Spiked fists. Oh, oh, um, uh, fuck, what are they called? Septums? Uh, shit, what are they called? Uh, there's it. Uh, One second. I I know what it is. It's a, it's a Roman gauntlet that the gladiators used to war. Spikes. Cestus. Cestus. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at it right here. I'm I'm happy I that I got moved. it right before you. Sorry, Metal. Go ahead. Uh, I know we've moved on from druids, but um, I was having some idea of just like taking away their wild shape entirely and replacing it with partial a uh, wild shape. That was my initial thought, that's, too. Yeah. yeah, that's what you were getting at. All right. Yeah. Was too busy with customer too. <laughs> no, I, it's... I, again, hey, great thought. I had it. You had it. Fucking geniuses right here. But yeah. unfortunately, I think Zach is being a little bit smarter than us this time around. Yes, sir. Uh, no mics. Hmm? Okay. 
<laughs> Jesus fuck, dude. All of the piercing damage ever. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so we, we've, you've kind of got the, the melee ideas more or less figured out here. Um, what, what about defensive? Do we... So, shield. It should be able to be formed into a shield of some sort. Okay. Um... Uh... And, at, and at that point, a one-handed weapon with it, just to kind of, so you don't just have a shield. Unless a shield gives you some benefit better than a regular shield. Okay, so, then let, let's powwow about this one. We, we've kind of got weapons and stuff more or less figured out. But the question is, with Generator Rex, he's essentially able to swap this stuff more or less at will. Yep, plus a bonus action. A bonus action? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, swap weapon types via bonus action. How many times are they allowed to do this per long rest, per short rest? Is this going to be like a proficiency mod or proficiency bonus amount? So you can do it up to six times? So I think specific uses is the wrong way to go about this. And not because I don't think it's... Not that I don't think it's good, mm -hmm. but it's literally just changing a weapon. It's like me putting a mace away and pulling out a sword. I don't really think there needs to be a limit. Okay. Like, if you really wanted to impose a limit... Uh, no, because that would be... Hmm. Again, it's just a thought. Because uh, uh, every single class is going to have to have some sort of checks and balances so that it doesn't become overpowered. But, like, changing it, like, at the same time, like, blunt piercing, slashing, like, yeah, there's some creatures that are weak to some, but, like, that's, like, okay. looking at a situation well, and realizing, oh, hey. How about this, then? <laughs> Swapping the weapon types, it's it's literally just a bonus action, like you said. But thinking on the, the Inkwell wizard that we were working on, what if there is a limited amount of times that they can Like form certain charges. Yeah, they, they have a certain amount of charges to be able to give themselves like a uh, like that damage resistance. Like it's just a, a beefier shield, because like fighters can't take shield. It's a spell. So can I we give? Hmm? Can I say something specifically to this Instagram user? Sure. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't. <laughs> you didn't know that you'd be opening up this can of worms. We'll have a spark notes at the end for you. I'm writing notes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Um, but yeah, what what about having something along those lines, like giving the fighter a like a, a you know the, basically the shield spell just gives them a plus five to their AC that goes away after the turn's over. Maybe once per long rest, once per short rest. Long rest, honestly. Okay. Like... Yeah, I think honestly, if you were to make something like that, it would need to have charges. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, it's if you find a magical wand or a magical staff, it's going to have charges if it's going to give you those really nice buffs. Yeah, <laughs> let me yeah. tell you. It's a bitch to plug in every single individual nanobot for them to charge overnight. I hate it when I get <laughs> home and my The amount of power are... cords you need is astronomical. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you just go and plug your fingers in, dude. Gotta recharge. <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta make sure that you have enough nanobots with enough charge to go plug in the other fucking nanobots with enough charge. It's a vicious cycle, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I guess it's safe to assume that being able to swap your weapon types is a is an early on kind of thing. And for let's see, these guys start at third level. So swapping the weapon types is your third level. Okay. Oops, that's caps lock. Um, that shield feature. Technically, shield is a first level spell. Oh, hello, Spartan. You are uh, you have opened up a can of worms, sir. We we are making you a whole ass subclass. <laughs> um. So. Uh, Wait, is he in the chat? I'm so sorry. Yeah, Spartan's in the chat now. So for well, the moment, for you later. we are. We are saying that it's going to be a fighter, and the idea is that you have a metal adornment on your body, necklace, bracers, belt, something along those lines, that basically uh, you use magic to transform into these things. So at the moment, uh, since you pick your subclass at third level, at third level, you would basically, as a bonus action, be able to swap the weapon, which is formed from the metal, um, into like a hammer or the massive fist for blunt damage, a big-ass sword for slashing damage, a pike or, like, a spike cestus for piercing damage. Uh, you could form it into a, a, a one-handed sword and a shield just as a bonus action. Currently, we are trying to figure out um, basically giving you a one-time use of the shield spell per long rest. And I guess we're trying to figure out where that needs to go because shield is a first-level spell. It's a very powerful spell, giving you a plus five to your AC for uh, the rest of the round of combat until it becomes your turn again. So would that also be a third level ability since it is technically early on? I mean, the thing you have to look at is swapping to different weapons is really... My is this overpower, overpowered meter in my head is not like even a little bit ringing. It's flavor. Um... Well, no, I wouldn't say that it's flavor. I wouldn't say, sorry, I wouldn't say that it is totally flavor because if you, let's say, for the sake of the argument, you were a barbarian. All you have is big battle axe. You go up to this demon and you take a slash at it. You find out from the DM that it's resistant to slashing damage. Well, what else are you going to do? Are you going to punch it? That's bludgeoning. Okay, that sucks. But then your rogue buddy comes up, stabs it with his rapier, and it's like, oh, it takes all damage. It's It has no resistances to piercing. It's like, well, fuck, I'm useless. So That's why a lot of players will have multiple weapons. So that's why I don't personally see it as very powerful. Like, not, not more, yeah. let me say that. It's powerful. It's just not like, oh my god, why is he able to do this? Yeah, it's not overly powerful, but it is very, very useful. Now, with this also being said... I will say that in the later levels, maybe, uh, let's see. So it, it goes 3rd level, 7th level, 10th level, uh, 15th, and 18th. So I would definitely say at some point this weapon would need to become magical to some extent to be able okay. to hit creatures that are uh, Oh, don't worry. I already had that figured out. <laughs> well, not figured out. I already had the... Uh... The additional level ups for that already in my head. <laughs> um, also, I know you mentioned that you don't know where you you didn't know where you could ask 
your question, Spartan. If you join the Discord, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, there's a, a little channel where you can put Whiskey Wednesday suggestions. Oh, yeah. Quick let, me, side note. let me go ahead and pop that into the chat again real quick. Uh, so, again, with that being said, do, also, join uh, the conversation. his basic Sorry. weapons in the show were f fists, legs, and a motorcycle. A motorcycle as the show progressed, and uh, he got more powerful. He had access to greater weapons, whips, cannons, and the like. God so, damn. Um, with all that being said, uh, back to the shield spell. Is that something we want to give at the third level? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, or give more charges. How about... You said one for long rest? At, at the at the beginning, because that is a really, 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 really strong ability. Okay. What if you could use the shield spell, but you have, mm, let's say, four charges for long rest to start off. Uh, you could cast it at maximum, second level, early well, on, and I'm, you I'm would a... have to expend one charge per level. Per level you I'm going to have to put a pause on that. Uh, shield cannot be upcast. Shield is a plus five to your AC, period. It is only oh, a first level spell. Yeah. Why are we talking about casting at third? No, no, okay. Oh, so How many times? No, yeah. Third, third level, what I mean is when you as a character reach third level as a fighter, that is when you pick your subclass. Versus getting that shield spell feature when you turn level seven. There. Yeah, sorry. It the terminology is a little bit wonky here. Nick. Um, I'm not opposed to saying that maybe at tenth or fifteenth level, um, getting you, you'll get more charges. Yeah, getting more charges to it. Yes. Um, would we say at each of the feature points you get one extra usage? So it's seventh, it's two, tenth, it's three, fifteenth, it's four, eighteenth, that it's sounds five. Perfectly that sounds perfectly fair to me. Okay. Um, seventh level, two uses. Tenth, three. Fifteenth, four. And eighteenth, five uses. Okay. Uh, so, w while I'm typing this out, um, Again, going off of uh, what what's... Oh, let's see. He also had a jetpack and shoulder cannon at the start of the show. He also had this quirk where he could occasionally lose control and shut down completely. He was just a basic human at that point. Um, okay, so let's, let's address some of the other uh, notable features that he has. He gets yeah. legs, which lets him jump and run quickly. Okay. So that could be a quasi usage of sort of like the monk's step of the wind, uh, uh, which is see one better. Uh huh. I'm listening. Make it make it a carbon copy of Herengon's rabbit hop. Okay. Uh, where? I also just want to be conscious of being able to spread these abilities around over the five levels of features that this class can get okay. so, so the next so we have level three which is his weapon, weapon change abilities mm -hmm. and then you get sh the first shield correct so what is the next level seventh level and what 
what do we have for that already? Uh, nothing at the moment. We're okay. I, we just finished the shield spell figuring out. So, put the <clears throat> put the quote unquote rabbit hop, bunny hop. I love yeah at level seven. So the only difference is it's not going to be the increasing value of rabbit hop. It's going to just be fifteen feet three times per long rest. So fifteen feet vertical or horizontal. Fifteen feet is fifteen feet. Doesn't matter. Fifteen feet leap per one per long rest. No, it's a uh, three per long rest starting off. Oh, okay. Uh, three uses per long rest. So that's at seventh level. Yep. Um, do we want to make seventh level just basically all of the movement? So like with the bike part of it, do we want to? I don't know. Make his lower half turn into a centaur, <laughs> and for like eight hours you in the day, you can just go. <laughs> Sorry, what um, metal? You get a magical jing jing, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, he just, his legs turn into a tandem bike. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where... So... With, short of giving it flying, which I don't really know how... That does borderline on very powerful for especially a fighter. Right, I but don't... if you make the flying only last for, say, minute. a minute, that's only 10 rounds of combat. There's a lot of classes that have that. Barbarians have that feature. Clerics have that feature. Um, there's a lot of items that give that feature as well, where you get flying for one minute, and when it ends, you just fucking drop, and it's like once a day. So, honestly, Wait. I think if you do the flying, it needs to be that... It, it should be that... One once a day for one minute kind of thing because that's the really powerful. Sorry, a bicycle fucking flies. No. Jetpack. Um. Oh. Actually, I think I think Rex's bike actually it's sort of like a hover bike. Like it doesn't fly fly, but it you know oh, big bands and right, right. Hovers a foot off the ground and whatnot. Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I re I I think the bunny hop. Probably is the way to go with flying for a minute. His motorcycle level. No, the the bunny hop is three uses per long rest. It's 15 feet. So straight up, across, at angle, however. Um, the flying would be once per long rest for a minute. Oh, what's the bunny hop from then? What form? That's a, that's a heron gone. We're, we're essentially using the heron gone's oh, okay. like 15 foot leap that that brace comes with and saying those are the big ass legs that Rex gets. Ah, the big ass legs. That's, yes. Okay, I I missed what part it was correlated to. Right. Yes. Apologies. Pretty much, you're going to be getting an upgraded motorcycle because you're just going to be able to fly for one minute. <laughs> the thing is, you. the thing is, within D and D, I don't necessarily. I know, like turning into a senator and moving, or turning into something to give you a bunch of movement is really good. At the same time, you can take a dash action and do. A lot of movement. Well, okay, so I'm going to be honest. When I was talking about the centaur and stuff, I was more mm -hmm. looking at it in the sense of being outside of combat. There, yeah. I don't remember which one it is offhand. I can look it up, but I'm also, like, I, have a, I poured a lot more whiskey than I meant to. Um, yeah. There is a <laughs> class or a spell where you can essentially summon a spectral steed. It's mm -hmm. not exactly useful for in combat, but you can use it for eight hours and just ride. So this could um, just be a... Yeah, you could literally just have this as a, like, oh, hey, by the way, you can literally turn your ass into a centaur and carry up to 
what, two people on your back for eight hours at the speed of a horse? Like, that's just kind of a cool feature that's not necessarily used in combat. I also think it would be pretty cool to, like, give plus two AC or something. What, when you have the horsey thing? Yeah. But this would say, that's fine, but we just said, like, for out of combat thing. So is it going to also be an in combat thing, or? I mean, sure, why not? I I would say that it wouldn't necessarily give you any advantages in combat except for maybe more s- travel speed. Like you don't get any extra attacks, you don't get any extra health. Um, you're just horsey man that can stab shit with your arms. Uh, he did consistently use his bike as a battering ram. I mean, technically, there's plenty of creatures and abilities out there. Once charge. once you move twenty feet, then yeah, you can. They take bludgeoning damage. They have to roll a check cool. to see if they get knocked down. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like that. Okay, I let mean, me, you can let tie me put that, that into, at tenth level for the moment. So tie that into. So we do have to keep yeah. in mind here that we this has to be in some shape or form. Limp. We can't give everything. Like we're gonna no, have we're to limit to everything. everything. We're, we're just discussing what we're gonna give it. Yeah. So we, we can make ourselves a list here of everything that's related to Generator Rex. Try to fit it in, and if it's like, no, that's too fucking broken, then we 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 nerf but, it, we move it, we remove it. But it's better to get it all of our ideas yeah. down. So, so before I forget, the centaur legs, bike bottom, eight hours, increased movement speed. Um. Plus charge ability. Shit, I'm gonna have to <laughs> create this in the fucking homebrew creator. So, so move, can put on D&D yeah, move 20 you feet. Um, deal bludgeoning damage. Enemy has to make strength check or be knocked prone or knocked back or both. Por que no los dos. I'd say knock back five feet. Knock how how many feet did you say? Ten? Five. Five? Five? Wait, just like one so, tile. What are they getting hit by again? Just so you, I can get the, the visual. You've you're you basically turned your lower half into a robotic metal centaur and you're just fucking plowing into them. Okay, no, Burn. you're you're gonna be on your ass if you get ran over. <laughs> <laughs> if we're thinking like, let's think of all the GTA we've been you know playing. What? If you run over someone on a bike, yeah. So there you go. It's, yeah. it's a knock back ten feet and prone. prone. No, it's, well, <laughs> make it a check. Yeah. Don't yeah. Just make well, it a, oh, yeah. a strength oh, yeah. check or be knocked back ten feet and prone. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And again, <laughs> we can. We haven't. Oh God, yeah. I need to save this. Fuck. Yeah, they're gonna be on their ass if they get ran over by that fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, I think you're right to move it to the 10th level column. <laughs> 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 Fucking um, eat a man. <laughs> there is a bunch of other stuff we need to cover, too. So what do we have for level oh, 7 real fast? Uh, so for 7th level, it's the bunny hop, uh, the 15-foot leap, three uses per long rest, and we have the flying for one minute once per long rest. So I would... The couple people that I've talked to... At 7th level, or around 7th or 8th level, is when they tend to get their plus 1 weapons. So your melee weapons are now plus 1 magical? Yes. I know that's giving a lot for level 7, but like... I mean, Mm. what's the next one after that? 10th. Yeah. I kind of agree with you, though. 
tenth might just be more shapes to form into, and that'll be okay. Like because you got a lot of that seven. Well, they just ramp a little bit earlier, early game. Tell you what, then let's move the flying one minute per long rest to tenth level, and we'll put the plus one magic in seventh level. So tenth level is a bunch of yeah. movement stuff. Yep. Okay. It's like the thing is, is like. All of this is very cool, but like even now, this class is starting to borderline is getting as much as some other classes have by like later on. Okay, well, we still have 15th level and 18th level to fuck around with if we need to move things around to make it, you know, more mm -hmm. in line. Yeah. Um, so, just kind of because I, I just happened to click on the champion subclass looking at the. Uh, the, the widget. Some of the stuff I'm looking at here. Um, improved critical. Your weapon attack score critical on a 19 or a 20. I'd carry that over. Well, I mean, they get that at third level. You want to carry that over as well? And this is something that everybody or just champion gets? Champion. This is just champion. I, I'm just so reading this as an example because it's here. Okay, so what does so if it's not champion, what's the other options that you have? Oh if god, there's so many. I mean, there's Cavalier, Echo Knight, Eldritch Knight, or do you just want to look at the basic bitch class features, which basic you're gonna get bitch regardless? Class features. Yes. Okay. Well the basic bitch class features every fighter is gonna get. Which is fine. I just need to know. Um so fighting style, um, blah blah blah. Uh, you get second wind, so you get to regain hit points one d ten plus your fighter level. Yep. Uh, second level, you get action surge. Mm -hmm. Third level, you get the martial archetype. That's where you get to pick your subclass. Yep. So, sorry, that, I was taking a drink. Yeah, that third level is going to be this. Yes, so exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Um, fifth level, After. you get an extra attack. Cool. At ninth level, you get Indomitable. You can reroll a saving throw that you fail. If you do so, you must use the new roll, and you cannot use this feature again until you finish a long rest. You can That'll use this feature twice between long rest starting at 13th level, and three times between long rest starting at 17th level. Okay. At 11th level, you get an extra attack. You can attack three times instead of twice when you make the attack action on your turn. Mm -hmm. The number of attacks increases to four when you reach 20th level in this class. Yep. So, we have, <clears throat> and we have for the class so far, we have the ability to swap weapons mm -hmm. with a bonus action. We have the jumping. We have the movement. Oh, uh, we have we the have shield spell at third level as well. That too. And we have the mm -hmm. flying. The bunny hop, the plus one magical weapons at seventh level, the flying at tenth, the centaur at tenth. Uh, so, plus two weapons gonna have to be either around like. I would say probably fifteenth at that point. Ah, uh, thirteenth would be better. Truth be told. Okay, so, if we are wanting to make this into a D and D Beyond subclass oh, that everyone can use, it has. Game. We can only have third level, seventh, tenth, fifteenth, and eighteenth. We can't. Yeah, so can't add can, more. They're, they're getting a lot around 7th and 10th. They can hold out until Yeah, 15th. 15th then. You're right. And then 18th is going to have to be plus 3. <laughs> also, uh, I don't know if we voted on a, a, a name yet for uh, 
for this subclass, I, I suggest we call it Penetrator Tax. <laughs> I hate you. Thanks. Um... <laughs> okay. Uh... Well, so... A, a good point from what Lego Spartan said there. I forgot to mention he has a great sword as well. So when we're when we're talking about the the hammer for blunt damage and the giant ass sword arm for slashing damage, me personally, I was assuming as if you were taking those weapons as their damage types. So you know, a warhammer would take you know. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. 2d6 bludgeoning damage, whereas a greatsword would take 3d6 bludgeoning damage, or yeah. daggers would be 1d6 uh, piercing damage or slashing or whatever. So you would essentially just give your character sheet all the weapon types, <laughs> and you just yeah. basically go, well, my hand's a crossbow now. Pew! Or, yeah. oh, my hand is now a, uh, a hammer. Pew! I don't know why you're shooting a hammer, but whiskey. Throwing hammer. Throwing hammer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Ooh. No. sorry. Spartan just said the subclass name should be Nanite Blood Knight. What about its blood, though? I don't hate the name, but does blood make sense? Mm, depends on how the magic activates the metal, I guess. Because we could call it Rust Bucket. I mean, are the nanites in his bloodstream? I'm not. It's so there's so my my personal opinion on this to keep it to keep it fantasy based still, it's not nanites. You are able to magically control the metal item that is on your person, the bracers or the necklace or the belt or whatever you want it to look like. A pigment of your tattoo ripping out from your flesh. There you go. There's the blood. So what is okay? I have a question though. I'm trying to remember the name of the spell. There is a druid spell that. Um, basically you summon a swarm of insects yeah, I think it's literally insect swarm yeah. okay exactly. how fucking cool would that would it be if you were able to add that you know flare onto it and make it these tiny nanobots part of your bracer just disintegrates and f f turns into a metallic swarm oh mm -hmm. infestation like that, like that would be a higher level one obviously but that would be cool if you get that like once per long rest to be able to summon oh, a swarm well, of nanites. So, funny story, infestation is actually a cantrip. Yeah. Oh. Right, but you don't want them to be too broken. You can you can make that something. Well, I thought there was a bigger spell. There, there's a higher level spell that ha that kind of does the same thing, but I think more. Yeah, I, I, I have it on my... I have it on my uh, cleric now. What is it called? Yeah, I can't remember what it is. Uh, let me pull up the NDB on one second. <laughs> but just so he's not too broken, but that would kind of go along his storyline where he's in control mm -hmm. of these. That could be another 15th level thing. We just yeah. gotta, like I've said, we just keep in mind we do have to, like, trying to get absolutely everything that he can do is awesome. Having absolutely that he can everything do is broken. Right, there but has I, I to feel be a like we're. Factor. I, I no. still feel like we're we're hitting mm -hmm. most of the major things on the head here. Uh, uh, insect plague is what it's called. Insect <laughs> plague. Yeah. Swarming, biting locusts, full twenty foot radius, raise spear on a point you choose within range. You get that like. as a cleric. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Well, this is a fifth level spell, which uh, fifth level is what? 
16, 17? No, not si not 17. I always, oh, I hate the math for that. Also, Zach, regarding your point of making it not overpowered, I yeah. think it's fine to toss all the ideas that we're having into it and then strike stuff off later if we feel it doesn't fit. Okay. Because, um, you know, we're just finding the best fit for abilities that might go into it. So, uh, druids get their 5th level spell slot at level 9. So, insect plague could be a 10th level, level feat. It could be a 15th level feat, depending on how we want to go about it. I'd say yeah. probably 15th, but that's yeah. just me. They're pretty dense on what they're getting on level mm -hmm. 10 if we're looking at it at what we have now. But, I mean, also... The fact that you're just straight up getting a nine, or fifth level druid spell at will, basically, that seems like a pretty fifth get level out of the trash. Sorry. <laughs> now, well, you can't. Think. So then, if we're looking at it in that sense, for I'm I'm doing big air quotes here. If we're wanting to be fair, when the druid turns level 15 they have access to eighth level spell slots so insect play can be upcast every level higher increases its damage by 1d10 it starts out at 4d10 so do we want to basically say like you get to use this because it lasts for 10 minutes so we say that we you get to use this once per long rest and it does whatever that damage is and just done that's it that's that's it you don't get to really change anything does that make sense? Eighth level, yeah. that's eight D that's eight. If you upcast it to eighth level, that it doesn't uh, have to no, be it's eight. it's four, five, six, seven. Oh yeah, it is eight. Eight D ten. Yeah. That's all But that's what a four. druid gets to do. Yes, but a druid's not a fighter. I again, that's why I'm asking about the fairness of it. Like, do we get just give them basically what the druid would get in that particular I mean, moment? We can do seven D ten. Like, I'm cool with it just being, like, a 7d10 thing instead of giving them basically what a druid would have because, you know. I mean, if it's a one-time use per long rest, like, 8d10 is strong, sure, but it's one use. It's a once and done. Yeah. Now, granted, it is concentration in last 10 minutes, so if you get bonked, it goes away if you fail your concentration yeah. check. That's true. <laughs> just fucking summon spirit guardians use infestation and then use fucking sanctuary and then use fucking shield you can't touch this <laughs> da, na, na, na. <laughs> piss off all the DMs <laughs> I'm putting down once uh, per long rest um 8th level insect plague so yeah. 8d10 piercing damage and all the other shit I can't be bothered to type. <laughs> what level is this at? This is your 15th 15. level. So remember, at 15th, you're also getting plus two. To your I have weapons. that. Okay. Yep. I wasn't sure. Oh, hold um, on. He typed a big thing here. In this show, he doesn't gain control of his abilities until he gains access to the Alpha Nanite, which allowed him to access multiple weapons at one time. 
He is in possession of the Omega Nanite, which reproduces infinitely and slowly rebuilds his system. The problem is that he can burn through them faster than he can produce them and risk gaining exhaustion or fainting completely. Okay. Um, so I think that's why most of these abilities have charge uses, apart from being able to swap the weapons, because that seems... It's kind like of like a characteristic of the cl of the subclass. Mm -hmm. You don't yeah. want to like limit it completely and just be like, "Oh, well, I've used all my uses today. I literally can't find anymore." That's that's kind of dumb. <laughs> well, my my subclass is spent. <laughs> <laughs> um, just regular old barbarian now. <laughs> uh, buzzing metal shards instead yes. of. Buggies. Oh, you mean a buzzing spoon shard. Looks, I know you're buzzing metal right now, but fucking relax, my dude. Um, okay, so, so what mm -hmm. have we not included yet? Because The only got... thing that I can think of... Yeah, the gun is the only thing. Well, now, I didn't think about this before when we were talking about being able to swap the weapons. As a fighter, you essentially are able to use literally any weapon that's in the game. Why do you think so, I suggested fighter? <laughs> well, but with that being said, do we want to have that include ranged weapons? Because yeah. depending... Well, now, hear me out. Depending on how the DM wants to handle things, generally speaking, ranged fighters need to have ammo. And, like, there is a limited supply. So does the metal just turn into the weapon and he has to have the ammo separately? Is the ammo just considered part of the, the feature of the class where he... Just what about is... what about limiting its uses per combat? That way, it's like, oh, your bracers can regain their metal or something. Well, he's actually saying his cannon literally picks up rubble and fires whatever is inside of it. <laughs> I mean, that works. <laughs> I mean, me personally, I'm down to just say, like, whatever you turn your arm into, that's the weapon that you've got. Yeah, I agree. I personally don't, don't think ammo don't worry needs to be about ammo because it. you are making your you are making your ammo. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I personally think that is totally fair and that's not really Now. Ammo yeah, is literally ammo. just every time you're around you just kind of grab ammo. Ammo's literally like an economy thing more than it is a combat limiting thing unless you forgot to do your well shopping. So, let's address the cannon again after I take a sip, because I have some thoughts here that might might be cool, <laughs> might be broken, mind. I don't know. <laughs> Ammo is necessary. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no. But why not? Because we don't have anything for 18th level yet. What if he is able to make, for lack of a better word, like a catapult or a ballista? It's only a few times that he can use it, but he can literally just like say, hey, barbarian buddy, grab me that rock and just like and just fires this because by the time you're 18th level you're fighting some big fucking shit having something that could literally launch a tree or a boulder at something to do x wow, amount of damage literally just make it a cannon catapult arm or what? literally make it a cannon i again but see, we're cobble it's like he turns his arm into a cannon let's make it a catapult how about we just use a cannon <laughs> what how about we just use exactly what it fucking is? Shut up, I'm drinking whiskey. Bite me, no boy. I mean, to be fair, you could flavor it as a catapult, I suppose. 
Mm-hmm. Make it a pirate boat cannon. <laughs> Spartan just said he has fired his monkey companion before. <laughs> it fires Good stuff as big as an inflatable exercise ball in size. Kirsten, how big is your inflatable exercise ball? Oh, wait, it's uh, deflated. Lorge. Lorge. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Here you this go. Big. Stretch uh, my just, arms out. Just gimly, just gimly toss it. So, Ian, I got you. Uh-huh. I got you right here. Okay. Uh, copy. Um, I guess I'll just whisper it to you. Boop, boop. That is literally D&D 5E cannon rules. 12-pound cannon, range attack, plus 6 to hit, range 600 to 2400 feet, one target. Hit is 33 or 60, 10 bludgeoning damage. Okay. That is plenty powerful. Is that worthy of level 18, though? You have a cannon that can fire 2,400 feet. I'm just, if it's not, I want to meet the motherfucker I, who's going to bitch about it. Okay, so the reason I'm asking... Well, okay, I guess the range is what's a real benefit there, because you're able to... I was looking at Insect Plague, which at 15th level was able to do 8d10. So that's why I was asking. Is that damage okay? Uh, yeah, because you can see this is not a this is technically not a limited shot thing. You could use this whenever you feel like it. Technically, because sixty ten at eighteenth level, you're doing three attacks. Yeah, and yeah. those are going to be two d. If let's just use the great sword, two d two d six plus whatever your modifier is. Then your if strength, it's magical which is, weapon, if it's twenty, it's going to be plus nine, and if it's a plus three magical, yeah. you're looking at plus twelve. That's Honestly, for balance purposes, that damage is completely fair. Okay. How do we handle ammo for this one? Will he need to find something on the ground? Will he need to carry a backpack of cannonballs? So, uh, honestly, to balance that out... um, I'm not opposed to the limited uses. Maybe three to five shots. Three to five Five shots. yeah. Yeah, three to five shots per long rest. And that's just because you don't want to use up too much of whatever metal shards you're using to only use that and then not be able to use anything else. I don't know. Like, I don't know about per long rest. It could be like three per, per combat, something like that. Well, there's think? there's no metric to say three per combat. I mean, we could that's say three, or five or three per, per short it can, rest. It can it can it can definitely be per combat. I just mean as far as building it within D&D Beyond, there's no metric for that. I know. There definitely is per combat. What? I'm pretty sure there is per combat as a recharge. No, the the shortest recharge would be like a short rest. It's like short short rest, rest, long rest, (laughs) dawn, or dusk. You should make it a short rest then. Three per short rest. I like truth be told, like most people aren't going to be fighting more than one time per long rest. So like, yeah, yeah, it can happen. But, but like, you're at, at 18th level. You're considered to be a powerful motherfucker at that point anyway. Yeah. Let's be fair. <clears throat> like I said, you got the stats right there, and I think those stats are pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Have we? Have we missed anything? Is there anything that, like, not even with Generator Rex himself, is there anything else that would be kind of neat that we've missed? I mean, to be fair, we're giving this class a lot. Like, this class is not wanting right now. 
Like, if we add something right now, it can't be huge. Every single one of his weapons has a transformation. Meaning what, exactly? <clears throat> While we wait for that. His sword can become a chainsaw. His fists become drills. Yeah, so um, like you're talking about how he can immediately swap between this. That's why uh, at the beginning, I'm not sure if you were here for it, but like his weapons can be swapped. Your character's weapons can be swapped with just a bonus action. Yeah. Like, so you could be holding a sword. Boom. Bonus action. Hammer. Next next round. Boom. <laughs> bonus action. Longbow. Yeah. Like boom, you're getting Bonus action. Whip. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why like I'm... I'm almost hesitant to try to give it more because the utility that you're getting with this class is what's going to make this class powerful because you're not like, you're not a fighter in the aspect of, Oh crap, there's stuff flying above me. What do I do? Better hope I've got a throwing weapon. If I don't, well, I'm just going to hang out down here. You have the option to engage in any situation for the most part, even if you're underwater. Not swapping, he literally just activates the Omega Manite and burns through his Nanites faster, but his weapon is... His weapon is... Weapon is at its peak performance. I'm sure that was a typo, but my brain hurts right now. So, yes, but, like, at the same time, well, this is one of those things where, like, we thought about doing limited using with swapping, but, like, it would hurt you more than help you to play this class, because at some point while you're in combat, you're literally just going to be out of luck. Your weapon will just go away at some point. And or you would swap to a bow, run out of uses, and you'd be stuck. Now, granted, I know I know what you're saying about nanites and everything, but we're, we're trying to make this fit in the fantasy of D&D, &D, where nanites aren't technically a thing. Yeah. That's why I was like Metal Shards. Like, so this is like, if you decided to play this with somebody, describing the way this class is set up would be easier to explain and understand than somebody who's never heard of Generator Rex or has the never understood the metal splinters and forms yeah mm -hmm. uh, no no weaker uh, sorry his question is I understand so would this character be weak to heat metal I mean technically anyone would Every. be uh, weak to heat metal the, the plus side for you though is let's say that that, that happens to you you've got your sword and uh, a character uses heat metal and you drop your sword like oh no that sucked shh, shh, i got a hammer yeah that's the bonus like, of your class you literally just go oh i dropped my sword oh well guess i'll pull out a bow and shoot that asshole yeah so chuck, you chuck. would still be <laughs> at the mercy of heat metal the second that it happened but you would be able to deal with it better than any other class yeah, because if your barbarian buddy on your team had heat metal cast on him and he drops his axe, well, all he's got is lefty and righty. You drop your weapon and you go, <laughs> oh, no, that that's a crying shame, ain't it? Well, let me pull out one of my millions of other combinations of weapons. And again, Make sure that you make a note, Ian, that when you swap weapons, it does become an entirely new weapon. So anything affecting a previous weapon is not affecting the new one when this happens. In, in what aspect? A apart from heat metal, is that what you're expressing? Yeah. yeah. So, like, if somebody does something to a weapon that curses it, if somebody heats metal on it, if some, like, I don't okay. know what other things can happen to uh, a weapon. Okay, so let know. me, so in this sense, so swap weapons via bonus action. If a weapon is swapped in this method, yeah. 
anything affecting the previous weapon is lost because that's a that's an excellent point uh so heat metal being one poisoning is another one if you poison a dagger and you swap the metal it's no longer poisoned yep so that uh i feel like that's pretty fair yep it's a it's a good thing and it can be a bad thing depending on how things happen um now with that being said you've also got throwing weapons so if you throw a pike and pew well that pike's gone you now have to use a bonus action to get yourself another weapon, which, I mean, that means you wouldn't be able to use your second wind or uh, action surge for that turn. Yeah, it's a yeah. trade-off. It's like, what is more... No, Thank you're good. Uh, your insight and willingness to put up with this crap shooting of an idea. I was having trouble balancing and needed a new perspective on it. No, this is fun. I'm having a blast. Like I, I, I may actually try to build this in D and D Beyond, and if I do, I will send you the link to it once I kind of make it work. Because D and D Beyond's homebrew is um, stupid. <laughs> so. Now that I think about it, too, so what, what what do you have for 18th level? Because I do think uh, I can add something to an 18th level that would be effective. So 18th weapon... Cur- weapon. What did I just say? 18th weapon. <laughs> 18, uh, level 18th weapon. 18th weapon is... Uh, uh, shut up. <laughs> I'm, I'm back to Weebs Anonymous. Uh, plus three magical weapons mm-hmm. and cannon arm is all that we okay. have for 18th level. So, because a lot of people will get magical weapons with a elemental property, at 18th level, you also get the ability to add an element to your weapon damage. Well, now, so, for example, do you get to pick... I'm sorry, go ahead. You get to pick, but whatever you pick is persistent on the current weapon you're using till you swap that weapon. So, for example, I am using a greatsword. I want to make it a fiery greatsword. It is now a fiery greatsword until you decide to use a bonus action to swap to a hammer and make it whatever else. Yes. But the thing I will say this at 18th level, I do not feel that it should take a bonus action. Like if you summon the weapon, it will just have those properties on it when you summon it. So you can apply... So while I'm typing this out, can you please look for me and see if there's anything? <sighs> okay, so hold on. Uh, you can apply elemental damage to your weapon when you swap to it. The or summon it. Element lingers until you swap weapons again where upon you can choose a different elemental damage type so the question i have is what what is that damage value that we're doing for 18 i'm level? looking that up right now so because yeah. i know like a starting plus three weapon so here's a frostbrand greatsword it adds one d6 of an element you okay that's kind of what i thought. element yeah so, again, it's 1d6, but at the same time, every time you're swinging, you're getting that extra d6, too. So, like, that's really good. I wouldn't say every damage type. You can always make it just, like, just fire, cold, poison, and or one other. 
Because okay. like making uh, a so weapon have necrotic. Give, give 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 me a list. So you can apply one d six cold fire poison poison or uh oh wait hold on one second here I can actually I can solve this uh one second da, 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 da. you've got the spell where's the spell where's the spell where's the spell where's the spell so where's I'm actually kind of thinking uh, uh so acid cold oh, oh, fire hold okay sorry. I, I needed to delete stuff, so... Acid, sorry. Cold. Cold. Fire. Fire. Lightning. Lightning. Or wet. Thunder. Or wet? Thunder. <laughs> Acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison. Oh, or po and poison, sorry. Here you go. Actually, I will just... I'll make it this easy. I'll make this so much easier for you. Click. No, it's fine. Click. Acid, cold, fire, poison, lightning, or thunder damage to your weapon when you swap to it. There you go. Uh, really just message your team. <laughs> would an anti-magic field shut down this subclass? Uh, no, because you're not technically casting a spell. You're controlling the metal. Well! So, hold one second. Hear me out here. I do actually have an answer to this one. We'll go into it when I tell you the name that I've personally had an idea for this. You can obviously name it whatever you want. I do have an effective name for this that makes sense. Go for it. Um, I... One second. You forgot it, didn't you? No, I typed it and then I had to delete it. Auric <laughs> Battlesmith. So... And Auric oh. Battlesmith, Auric is pretty much an aura, just a fancy word of saying, and a Battlesmith is literally a smith of battle. So you're, you're a fucking Magneto. You're literally smithing weapons in the middle of combat to battle with. It's like, you're doing this by your own quote-unquote magical means, but I personally don't think an anti-magic field would... Like, does anti-magic field shut, <clears throat> like, magical weapons off? Like, so if um, I have a fiery greatsword and somebody casts anti-magic barrier, is that fiery greatsword now just greatsword? Let me, let me look, um, let me look at the beholder real quick. So I know the beholder has a, uh, his central eye does that. Um, let's see, charm ray, battle ray, fear ray. Um, sleep ray, telekinetic. Oh, anti-magic cone. The Beholder's central eye creates an area of anti-magic, as in the anti-magic field spell. Okay, let me go look at that. Um, a 10-foot radius, invisible sphere of anti-magic surrounds you. This area is divorced from the magical energy that suffuses the multiverse. Within this sphere, spells cannot be cast, summoned creatures disappear, and even magic items become mundane. Until the spell ends, the sphere moves with you, centered on you. Uh, spells so, and other magical effects, except those created by an artifact or a deity, are suppressed in the sphere and cannot protrude into it. A slot so, expended to cast a suppressed spell is consumed. While an effect is suppressed, it doesn't function, but the time it spends suppressed counts against its duration. So, yes, an anti-magic field would shut a lot of what you can do <clears throat> off. At the same time, though, this an anti-magic field would shut down a lot of classes so mm -hmm. you're not alone in the fact that it would shut you down but at the same time how many dms are going to be like hey look a melee class let me shut that class off well so then let's what about this though 
Um, so at the very least, I would say that you're plus one magical, plus two magical, plus three magical. That's gone if you're in an yes. anti-magic field. At the very least. Um, but does that get rid of his ability to do the bunny hop, the, the centaur legs, the, the general transformations he's able to do? I would also probably argue that the elemental damage that he would be able to do with the weapons with the 18th level would be cancelled as well. Because that is kind of magic-y. But what about his ability to actually change and use his features? Because, like... Uh, it depends. I mean, like, so, for example, if I'm a cleric and I get hit by this zone, what can I now do? You can bonk real I'm, good. I think... I'm, personally, mm -hmm. I think that... Uh, you can no longer change weapon form, but your weapon mm -hmm. stays the same. That's something that I was thinking of, too, there. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else, though, yeah. I personally think that this, just like everything else that can be affected by the zone, you can also be affected by it. Now, this could be, be one of those. Fair, also, if you wanted this to, like that counterspell thing said, the anti-magic bubble, like, it, if it were a relic from, like, a deity, it... It's something to consider. Yeah, you could do something like that. Like, these, this metal thing that you're given was a relic given to you by a deity, and maybe it's not affected by it. But at the same time, like, you, you have to give this class a... Like, you can't just take every weakness away from right, this Right, which is, like which is why I'm at the very... This may be a conversation you need to have with your DM at the time, but I'm of the mind to say you can still change your weapon shape. You would lose the plus... The, you would lose the magical properties of the plus one, plus two, plus three, and you would not be able to have the elemental cold da or the elemental damage. Damage. But being able to change your shit—that's kind of—that's kind of all your class is meant to be. So I would I would argue that that stays. It depends. Like I said, it's one it's of those up where to the it's, DM. Yeah, it's. I personally, if it's an anti-magic area, there's nothing stopping you from just walking out of it. True. I mean, like if you Very really think true. of it that way. Because, like, it's your, your argument is like, well, you're taking away everything this class is. Yeah, but you're doing that to every caster as well. You're taking away their ability to literally play their class. True. So, yeah, like, just fucking get out of the spell. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I do agree. Like, whatever weapon that you have when you're affected by it remains, but mm -hmm. you, like everybody else, would have to walk out of this zone. Like, you, yeah. it's your Achilles heel. It's and there's nothing wrong with having Achilles heel. Not to mention, when the hell are you gonna run into that? Like you will not run into that at a lower level for the most part. Well, unless you're stupid. Just saying. That's your own damn fault. Look, it's if not I'm not problem. mistaken, didn't we fight like a baby beholder on like the say, second yeah. session of Storm King's Thunder with Zeke? Fucking dickhead. Yeah. Didn't wasn't that in the in the cave when Boar slipped into the ooze? Yeah. Uh, I remember the ooze. <laughs> All the nooks and crannies. I mean, honestly, I feel like we've got a pretty solid subclass here. Like I said, you can name it. So back to the name. You can name it whatever you want. I personally think the I'm, Battlesmith. I'm kind of voting Battlesmith. It's a little bit easier to pronounce than Hephaestos. Yeah. Don't get me I'm wrong. Kind of... I'm all about the Greek and Roman mythology. I love Hephaestos. But a lot of people are going to be like, <laughs> yeah, it's a hippo. Yeah. 
So like, again, if you're using this class, you can always name it whatever the hell you want when you're mm -hmm. playing your game. There's nothing stopping you. But like, if this is something we'll also make public for people to see, an Auric Battlesmith is just going to be a lot easier to roll off the tongue. Yeah, people are going to have a hard enough time saying Auric. Yeah. They may just shorten it to Battlesmith. Auric! Auric! Oh my. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not. The whiskey's finally getting to me. Yeah. So, Arlie, truth be told, I think we've, I think we've come up with enough for this class. Like mm -hmm. this class has a lot. I don't think it needs for for anything. Nope. I personally think it's still going to be very powerful. Yep. Like in its own rights, it has its own mobility. You have the ability to get whatever weapons you want. You get your scaling weapons, so you don't even have to worry about buying weapons, which is arguably one of the hardest things to do when you're trying to equip buying yourself out. or finding. Yeah. Like, because then you get people in your it. class that find it when you're not looking and they put it in the bag and it gets lost for fucking ever. Yeah. Or your Tell DM me. gives you the ability to just take one at level five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, you, you kind of went above and beyond there. No, I did what I would normally do. Zeke went above, on beyond, above and beyond in his ability to realize that I want good shit. Well, at the same time, I... I Again, I have never actually looked at a D&D campaign module. I went straight from playing to being a DM. But I would not be surprised if that character, that fighting situation, that shop, that hammer, all of that was just there via the book, and you just played it to aces. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, like, <clears throat> Spartan, to give you an idea, at level 5, I had a plus 3 weapon. Yeah, that should never have happened. Yeah, shouldn't have. It's also why I one-shot a baby dragon. <laughs> so, I mean, like... Well, yeah. and, I mean, in all fairness, you... You critted on a 19. You already had Great Weapon Master, which meant you were doing the plus 10 damage, and then... Didn't you have something else that said that if you crit, you hit again or something like that? Am I making um, that up? No, I had multi-attack. Multi-attack, um, that's what it was. I had multi-attack the... Uh, actually, hold on a second. Let me pull up my D&D thing real fast here, because I'm pretty sure I still have him. Uh, collections, my characters. I might not have him. Who knows? Uh, yeah, none the wiser. Still got him. Hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> what did What's I your have? alignment again, Zach? As what? Like, personally, or Zorkon? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking Zach. <laughs> Uh, chaotic uh, neutral, hands down. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> you um, are chaotic neutral. And then, yeah, so on your turn, when you score a critical hit, you can use your bonus action to attack again. That's what it was. Yup. You I dealt like him. 120 damage. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Single-handedly fought off a dozen shadows as an eighth-level monks, dude. That that is one of the most intense action economy classes. But if you can get that down, you are terrifying. Yeah, I personally think monks are really good after looking at them. All right. Well, um, I do still have a bit of whiskey left, and per the rules, I'm not allowed to end the stream until it's gone. So. Closing chug, thoughts. Chug, chug. No, this is the good shit. You don't chug this shit. Any closing comments, thoughts, concerns? Don't everybody speak up at once? 
Um, I mean, like, shit, we've really kind of gone over most everything. I don't really... I just realized I misspelled poisoning, or poisoning, and it's just heat metal poisoning. <laughs> Good yeah, job. That... Shut up. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Never. Pacific Rim as a campaign. Is it possible? Um, yeah. I mean, if you think about Tarask as a kaiju, and then you're essentially just building a really big fucking warforged. Yeah, like, maybe it's a level 21 shot, but, like... <laughs> I mean, like, literally, like, level 3. Here's a Tarask. Well! Well, but, I mean, if you're, in, this game. if you're inside a giant Warforge that is the equivalent of a level 20, why not? But two players I'm... have to pilot... Okay, so there's the question. How do you divvy up those those roles you say like okay you control the legs i control the arms or it's like i'm the left half you're the right half let's just try not to have a strong no see i would drug the other one and just control it all myself <laughs> you're just gonna weekend at bernie's it <laughs> <laughs> the top half of the robot is just limp i'm just kicking him <laughs> it makes me think of that animation the guy did with the uh the limp noodly guy where the legs are running around but the top is just flopping like uh, wacky wavy inflatable flailing arm tube man why am i able to say that but i can't say poisoning <laughs> um you know what i i feel like there was something that was posted into whiskey wednesdays that i didn't actually uh where are we at uh text channels whiskey wednesdays is there anything that we haven't talked about that's on here I know Nim mentioned something about uh, are there any rules from 1st to 4th edition that you would want to integrate into 5th edition and I just, I didn't play 5th edition is the only edition I've played. I've played one edition before, but I was like 12 and it was less than a one shot. We got distracted when the pizza showed up and we stopped playing. So... <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't even remember what it was about. I just remember there were little minis on the table. We rolled some dice and basically the DM told me what to do. Uh, where would I need to go to find this character? Well, I haven't made it yet. D&D uh, Beyond's homebrew creator can be a bit of a hassle. And getting everything typed out and uh, easily legible and having all of the math work as far as like getting the plus one to the weapons that you just inherently have. I don't know how I'm going to fucking do that yet. Um, I will do my damnedest to, to do this, but, uh, if you haven't already, you can join our discord. Even if you don't want to like pop into voice or anything, you can lurk and chat with us. Uh, discord is completely and totally free. We're all pretty cool people, sort of more or less. Um, I will at the very least post it in there. And if not, I will very likely post it to our Instagram whenever I finish it. And uh, when in, at that point it will be ready for the world. So. Honestly, you know, looking back at the usage of the shield spell, um, considering that at 18th level you're going to get five uses, I may just make that uh, be equal to your proficiency level just for the ease of being able to actually build it. Because yep. um, that's a button click. The other ones are like... Involved. Uh, I mean, I could do it, but I would essentially have to go through and make every single 
level, a, a different um, entry, which would sort of overwrite the original one, and that's just annoying. Oh. It's annoying. <laughs> it sucks. All right. Oh, I don't want to chug it, but I need to end the stream. We've been going for almost two hours now. Mm. Rules. What? Couldn't break your rules. No, I refuse. I haven't broken them yet. <laughs> I just wasn't paying attention when I poured, and I poured a lot. <laughs> All right. The whiskey is empty. That was a good time. I actually really, really enjoyed that. So, if anyone else is seeing this uh, after the fact, please join the Discord. Give us your suggestions. I honestly wouldn't mind attempting something like this again. This was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Join us next week where we make SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> okay, now how serious are you? No, I'm very no. not serious. <laughs> are you sure? Uh, we'll make Ben 10 next. Who fucking knows? <laughs> You're literally <laughs> describing a druid You're at that point. Give us a message to fucking druid. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, again, if you haven't and you're interested, uh, the links to our Discord can be found below if you're watching this in the VOD or if you're listening to this in the podcast. It should be in the description down below. If you just want to hang out and lurk and just kind of read up on what we're doing and all the idiocy that we're you know, taking part in, that's fine. If you want to pop in and play games with us, that's also fine. We're always looking for more people to play games with and chat with. So by all means, join us. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. And we'll see you for the next Whiskey Wednesdays. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Whiskey Wednesdays podcast. You can watch the show live on Twitch every other Wednesday. If you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss, please join our Discord. The links can be found in the description, and we look forward to seeing you soon.